Good morning. Welcome to the Young Minarchist. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. Now, before we just jump right into the news today, I've got got a couple announcements. I just want to talk to you guys about something. Now, I obviously haven't been uploading a podcast for about the last week or two, and that's because I have been so busy with just random stuff um, that I've just not been able to get to those podcasts. And I'm going to be kind of changing something up, okay? So from now on, I'm not going to be able to do three podcasts a week because, again, that's that was a very, very... Uh, I wasn't able to do that from the beginning, really. It was a I, I, it was a standard that I wouldn't be able to keep accountable to. So now what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be doing the podcast every Monday, okay? So every week on Monday, Monday morning, tune in, okay? Most people don't like Mondays very much because that means they have to go back to work and the week starts... Tune in on Monday because there you will get this awesome podcast where I get to tell you about all of the stuff that happened in the news and give you some hope for the future, hopefully. So thank you again for tuning in and make sure you remember that, okay? So the podcast will be out on Mondays, every Monday, every week, okay? Hopefully. All right, now the second thing I actually want to talk about is I'm very close to getting 800 Twitter followers, which is absolutely crazy. Thank you guys so much for following me on Twitter and interacting with my posts. Now, if you are not following me on Twitter, make sure you go and do that if you have a Twitter account. It's at Young Minarchist. Um, just uh, is very similar to the podcast name. Make sure you go over there and you follow, and then you, uh, you go ahead and like and comment on my tweets, uh, and we can just kind of interact and stuff. So, yeah, those are the announcements, really. Uh, and again, just remember, uh, the podcast will be coming out on Mondays. Alrighty, so now we get to go into the news of the week. And now, I'm not going to be giving you all of the stories, okay? Because then I'd be on here for, like, forever because I missed, like, two weeks, I think. So I'm going to be highlighting certain stories I thought were were pretty interesting, okay? So early Monday morning, uh, I believe it was two weeks ago, a report basically broke on the Hill that accused FBI Director James Comey of revealing, like, top-secret classified information in his memos that he released um, with his conversations with with the president. So if you remember, James Comey essentially went to, uh, he testified in front of the, uh, in front of the Senate, um, swore to, swore to truth, and then he said that he didn't get any classified information in his memos. So Comey basically had some conversations with Mr. Trump. He uh, recorded some of that stuff in memos, and then he released that, I believe, to the New York Times. What we're seeing now is that it looks like, again, some of those, some of those, uh, some of that was classified information that he should not have released. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. Um, we just got so much, so much classified information being released to the media. Even James Comey, who is literally the director, like think about this for a second, everybody. He is the director of the FBI. The guy in charge of the FBI, and he leaks classified information to the media, okay? Uh, that's just, it's, it's as President Trump said in a tweet on Monday, or the Monday that the report came out, he said, James Comey leaked classified information to the media. That is so illegal. He basically said that's so illegal. He said that's, that's totally illegal, and I agree. It is illegal, and the president, uh, or not the president, but the leader of the FBI should not be doing that kind of stuff. Don't be stupid, Mr. Comey. Don't do that. Alrighty. Well, 
next up on here. So just remember, keep that in your mind that James Comey is literally leaking classified information to the media. Uh, director of the SBI, FBI. This is the world that we live in nowadays. Um, okay, so, and then that week, President Trump had said some weird things on Twitter that I wanted to get into. So Trump tweeted, uh, this was this was really big last week, I think, and he said, he said um, Putin and I, I'm not going to do the Trump voice because I'm, I'm probably going to end up accidentally killing somebody. But uh, Putin and I discussed forming an impenetrable cybersecurity unit so that election hacking and many other negative things will be guarded. Uh, okay, so I saw this tweet and I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Why don't we make a cybersecurity unit and work together with the people that hacked us to basically um to basically stop this the, the hacking right so let's work together with the people that hacked us to make a, a fence to guard the hackers or make the hackers not getting get get in okay that doesn't make any sense so we're literally working together with Russia to keep Russia out of United States elections it literally doesn't make any sense but then later he also tweeted uh the fact that Putin and I discussed the cybersecurity unit doesn't make it doesn't mean I think it can happen, but uh, it can't. But a ceasefire can and did. Uh, okay, so then why did you tweet it? You tweeted it as if it was going to happen. You tweeted it as if, oh yeah, this is a great thing that we are talking about a an inepen uh, impenetrable cybersecurity unit. But if it's not something that you actually think is going to happen, why did you talk about it in the first place uh, and, and kind of almost brag about it a little bit? But the ceasefire that he did with... Uh, with Mr. Or with uh, Mr. Putin, that was that was actually a good thing. So we we needed a ceasefire there. All right, now uh, I'm gonna go ahead and get into the the kind of the big big stuff that's been happening over the past few weeks. So a New York Times piece uh, a couple weeks ago criticized Donald Trump Jr., Trump's son, for meeting with a Russian lawyer to get damaging information on Hillary Clinton. Again, the story broke a couple of weeks ago, but it's just kind of been gradually going on, and people, again, they think this is the smoking gun. This is the, the gun that they're going to take down Mr. Trump with, because Mr. Trump's son met with a Russian lawyer. So apparently the meeting occurred uh, two weeks after Trump got the Republican nomination, um, and it's so far we don't have any evidence whatsoever that any information was revealed so basically what mr trump jr said trump's son he said that they went there they were like yo can we get the information and then she's like starts talking about weird crazy stuff that did not have anything to do with what they called them there for and so there really was no information that they got essentially so that's what mr trump jr's uh or trump jr's side of the story is and thus far we don't have any information that proves the opposite okay so we don't have any actual information that that the Russian lawyer gave them on Hillary Clinton no actual information Mr. Trump Jr. Um, decided to release all of his emails on Twitter uh, which didn't really work out very well for him because apparently the New York Times was going to uh, or had gotten access to his emails and were just going to release them the next in the next couple of days so um, that didn't turn out super well for, for him, but basically uh, Trump Jr. basically pushed back Saturday or a couple Saturdays ago and said that the meeting was mainly about allowing Americans to adopt Russian children and not about Hillary Clinton. So nothing about Hillary Clinton about, at all was given in the meeting, which again, we have no evidence to prove the contrary. Uh, and that's what 
We have no evidence that, that says that they actually had had some information. All right. So, um, and also Fox News said that Mark Corallo, which who is a spokesman for uh, President Trump's lawyer, said that the president was not aware of and did not attend the meeting. Okay. So what's interesting is that a lot of liberals, a lot of Democrats, are using this kind of as an attack on Donald Trump, not the not the junior, not the junior version of Donald Trump, the actual version of Donald Trump. And thus far, again, we don't really have a whole lot of conclusive evidence to prove that Donald Trump even knew about this meeting. Okay. Uh, and then the second aspect of it is like the, the, this isn't illegal, really. Um, the Democrats are trying to make it out as if, you know, as if uh, Donald Trump Jr. had committed treason. Uh, and some of them are even calling for him to like be executed and stuff. And it's just absolutely crazy. This isn't treason. Okay. You're not, you're not giving aid to, you know, the United States enemies by meeting with somebody who may or may not, or a Russian lawyer who may or may not have information on Hillary Clinton. That's, that has nothing to do with treason. So, uh, it's, it's, it's just kind of, kind of, kind of weird how the uh, Democrats are taking this in, in a direction. But again, we can't, we as conservatives shouldn't be like, oh yeah, nothing, nothing happened there. Because the fact is, is that it's, it was stupid. Okay. It was stupid for Donald Trump Jr. to meet with this Russian official. Uh, or it's, it's not, well, it's not technically a Russian official, but it probably was. Um, but this Russian lawyer, it was, it was stupid for him to meet with him. Because there's no... So basically, it, it looks bad to the public, okay? Um, now, Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr. are trying to play this off, kind of as like, oh, well, anybody would have done it. They were just trying to get dirt in Hillary Clinton. You know, if you were in politics, you would have done it too. Which may or may not be true, but... I mean, I mean, this just the fact is, is that you can't, you should not do this. You should stand for principles uh, instead of trying to get leaked information on Hillary Clinton. Because here's the thing: Donald Trump doesn't like it when individuals in his own cabinet leak information and spread it around, uh, and spread it around and stuff. So why in the world would he go to go to Russia and try to get or a Russian lawyer and try to get leaked information on Hillary Clinton? Like, it's, you kind of have a double standard there if you believe both things, okay? So we as conservatives should be like, yeah, this was really dumb of Donald Trump Jr. He probably shouldn't have met with them. It didn't even give him anything anyway. Um, but the the fact that the liberals are kind of taking this out of context um, by calling for treason, treason and calling for execution, that that is just absolutely crazy. There's no need for that um, in, in this story. So something else that I wanted to talk about is uh, Obamacare, all right? So... Basically, what's been happening is Obamacare essentially failed in the Senate, so nobody's voting. They're not; they weren't able to get a vote on it and everything. Uh, recently, President Trump called all of the senators in, and he kind of gave them a pretty severe tongue lashing for not passing the bill. Which, in my opinion, they should not have passed the bill because they were pushing it again as a repeal and replace bill. When, uh, or excuse me, like a repeal bill, essentially. Which it really wasn't. It was it was just a mix around bill, like sprinkle in some new regulations, uh, take a spoon and scoop out some old ones, and then mix the pot around, and that's what the new bill was. That's literally that's that's all it was. It was not a repeal of Obamacare. But I wanted to talk about Obamacare itself because a lot of liberals and a lot of Democrats are kind of running around saying that if we were to repeal the Affordable Care Act, then you know about forty thousand people would die. Okay, so this is a common claim that individuals are making. Now, I never really thought very hard about it. I just thought that 
it was it was a misplaced idea. Once I started making or doing some research on it, I I began to realize just how how unsound that argument is. Um, so in in reality, Obama does oh, excuse me, Obamacare does not decrease mortality rates or increase health outcomes. Okay, so let's think about let's think about what Obamacare is. Obamacare is an expansion of Medicaid. Okay, so before Obamacare, there was still Medicaid, but it didn't cover certain people in what Obama liked to call the middle class. Okay, so what Obama decided to do is he decided to make a bunch of regulations and expand Medicaid uh, in the act called Obamacare to cover more people, essentially. Now, the whole point of having insurance is to increase life expectancy, right? So if the insurance is not increasing your life expectancy, if you're not seeing any health outcomes because of it, overall health outcomes in the United States, that proves that the policy is ineffective and it doesn't work. Uh, Oren Cass, who uh, has a JD, he writes in 2017 for the Manhattan Institute for Policy Studies. Here's his quote, quote, the practical effect of the Affordable Care Act has been to expand the non-elderly adult population covered by Medicaid. Unfortunately, we know from numerous studies that such Medicaid expansions do not improve public health. The best statistical estimate for the net number of lives saved by Obamacare is zero. End quote. So what he's saying there is that when we look at what happens when states expand Medicaid on their own, okay, we never ever see, or what what happens is overall we don't we don't see an increase in health outcomes. Some states do better, and actually some states end up doing worse by increasing Medicaid. Now the studies that the Democrats use when they claim that thousands will die due to being kicked off of insurance, remember the forty thousand number that a lot of Democrats are kind of throwing around there. Um, they actually get from this 2009 study, which is talking about private insurance. It's saying that if you take X number of people that are kicked off of private insurance, then they have a certain, basically a certain amount of likelihood less to live longer than people who do have private insurance. Now, what's the problem with that? Well, immediately we see that the problem with that is that it's talking about private insurance, okay? Private insurance and Medicaid are very, 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 very different, okay? When you have a private insurance company that's able to operate in the free market, it can provide a much, much higher quality of insurance uh, and, and better, higher quality of coverage. Um, it's much easier. Uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not as hard, essentially. Um, and, and oftentimes now, it's seeming like it's going to end up being cheaper just to have a private insurance than to be on Medicaid in some situations. So that study that they're claiming is talking about private insurance. The ACA, uh, and, and, and the problem here is that the ACA actually may have reduced private insurance coverage by about 300,000. So after the ACA was enacted, about 300,000 people who were on private insurance now are under Medicaid, who are no longer under private insurance. So that means that actually the ACA or the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare has made more people get kicked off of private insurance using the exact same study that the Democrats cite when they don't actually cite the study, but they, they just say the statistics or the conclusion of the study. That means that the ACA actually caused more people to die than people to live because private insurance is better than Medicaid. It actually increases health outcomes according to the study. Medicaid does not do that. Increases in Medicaid coverage do not do that. The only time it ever has done that is with uh, basically super uh, elderly people or, or pregnant women. But the problem is is that 
the ACA, by increasing Obamacare, didn't do anything to cover more of those people. Those people were already covered before Obamacare was enacted. They basically just made it so that more of the middle-class type people could get access to Obamacare, um, which, again, doesn't make a whole lot of sense for them to uh, for them to do. So that's why Obamacare doesn't actually work. So if you hear people running around saying, you know, tons of people will die if you, you know, if you uh, get rid of Obamacare. No, that's not true. The, the studies that you, you claim are not saying what you think they're saying. And studies that prove, studies actually prove that overall there is no net health outcome increase by states expanding Obamacare coverage or as uh, uh, Medicaid coverage. All right. So those are the news stories I wanted to go over. Okay. Um, today, and it's it's super super important that we get to today's kind of philosophy discussion here because this is kind of my goal through this podcast through my Twitter account and uh, and all of that good stuff. Um, and my goal is to educate today's youth. Now this might not be that much of a philosophical discussion, but it does have to do with political philosophy. Okay, so let's think about this for a second. What controls the government? At the end of the day, it's the people that are going to end up controlling any government that exists, including in the United States. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance that you'll agree that the United States government has been growing at an unacceptable rate. The United States government should not be growing at the rate that it is. It should not be at the size that it currently is. Um, and and it's really more of a statist regime now instead of government because you know there's so many there's so much redistribution uh, you know and government's not actually doing what it's supposed to do which is to protect the fundamental rights of the populace and nothing else so how are, how how did that happen is, is I guess my question how did it happen that the government got to the point that it is that it is well some people would say um, it's due to the politicians, or some people would say it's due to people in other countries. I, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they said, oh, that's due to the Constitution. The Constitution itself is a flawed document, and uh, it, it allows the government to get really, really big. No. The reason why the government has gotten really, really big and enacted all of these unconstitutional policies is because the people are apathetic, okay? The people no longer fear government tyranny. When the United States broke off from Great Britain, the reason why they did is because the the British were taxing them and there were no representatives from the United States to go into parliament or in in parliament, okay? So that's why where, where the phrase taxation without representation comes from. When you're being taxed and you're not being represented, when you don't have an ability to voice your opinion, to vote for a representative to be in uh, to be in the parliament okay then that means that means that you are living under a tyranny because you have no say whatsoever in what the government does no say at all you're not being represented so individuals in the United States were justified in breaking off from Great Britain and what individuals in the United States realized was that we we we, when making this nation, can't have the same thing happen, okay? So individuals back then were very wary of giving the government too much power. But over time, over time, that wariness 
has dissolved uh, among the general populace. Now the general populace believes that a lot of these programs, the welfare state, war on drugs, interventionism of the uh, United States and other nations, all of those things are ultimately, and they believe that all of those things are, are just normal, just normal for our government to do. But they're not. They're not, they're not what the government was created to do. The government was created to strictly adhere to the Constitution, okay, to protect life, liberty, and property of the citizens, not to regulate what goes inside of their bodies, not to redistribute wealth, take wealth from the most, the richest people, and give it to the smaller people, or not the smaller people, but the people that didn't have as much money. That's not the government's job. And the point that I'm trying to make here is that individuals like you and I need to take action to educate today's populace, specifically the youth of today. Because the youth of today are obviously what's going to be governing America in the future. If we're able to get the youth of today thinking for themselves, instead of participating in this group think, where it says that it's okay for the government to get as big as it is, this progressive terminology, and instead get people thinking about classical philosophy, classical ideas, um, and, and ideas that prove that government tyrannies will arise if the citizens are not wary. If we can get the younger generation thinking like that, then we can avoid having a government tyranny in the future. That's what we can do. And so I guess I'll leave you guys with a, with a conclusion of if you know some, if you know people that are into politics uh, and they don't really have, they don't really like to take sides or they're not into politics or philosophy, I would say, first of all, study it yourself. Study political philosophy and get interested in pondering these ideas. Um, debating with people and then throwing away views that don't make any sense that are illogical and adopting views that are logical and then teach the younger generation to do that don't teach them to go along with the crowd um, just teach them to be able to think for themselves that's kind of my my goal in having this podcast having my twitter account um, and 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 participating in our in in the system and, and urging people to think philosophically once you do that, I believe that we can have a better tomorrow if we have the citizenry of the United States educated today. Thank you guys for tuning into the podcast. Remember, next week uh, we are going to be having the podcast again on Monday. Okay, so once a week, Mondays, and go follow me on Twitter for awesome philosophical, political stuff, and sometimes just random stuff that I just decide to host on there. Okay, all right, I will ca catch you all next week. Have a great day.